Hey, David Nagel here. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story, but in 1993, it was the year that I attended my very first personal development seminar, and I can't even believe that was over 30 years ago. 3,000 people seeking personal freedom, including me, filled into a convention space, hoping that something would happen to give us a breakthrough that we had been looking for. It was a Tony Robbins seminar, and I can honestly say that attending that seminar was one of the biggest turning points in my life. Something fantastic happened while I was there. I began to see my purpose. Who would have thought that an ex-McDonald's employee, an uneducated forklift driver, would attend a seminar that would change the trajectory of his life forever? Well, it wasn't me. And yet, here I am, a multi-million dollar business owner against all odds. And that's why I want to invite you to join me virtually and live from the comfort of your own home or office to make 2024 your best year ever. I want to help you get the breakthrough that you're looking for. On June 26th through the 28th, I'm going to take you on a three-day journey to uncover the key belief that's keeping you from achieving the success that you desire and what you can do about it right now. The hidden messages in your secret thoughts and what they're trying to tell you. How to take your power back from fear, worry, and doubt so that you can make solid, confident decisions. How to set a goal and then reverse engineer its achievement. Right now, we're offering some really great cash back bonuses on our lowest ticket price, but the price will increase very soon. Go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash summit for all the details and to secure your spot. I'm offering you a defining moment, just like I had all those years ago. Will you take it? Okay, now on to this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast. David Nagel here. Today I'm talking about the beliefs that are passed down that actually make success hard, if not impossible, for us. Come on and give it a listen. You're listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Successful Mind Podcast, and today we're talking about success and the ideas that were passed down to us um, through the lineage of uh, our ancestors. And, you know, um, there's a saying that I actually, I actually wrote this down to bring it into the studio today, and then I forgot to bring it into the studio. But the saying is something... It was that it's an Albert Einstein saying, and it's something like, if you want to know more about the truth, look at nature, something like that. Um, I don't remember it exactly, but it was it was it was definitely about the idea that th- there's much deeper truths for us to become aware of. Um, 
if we'll look at nature. And I, you know, I mean, I've always had a a real kinship with nature that started when I was a child. My earliest memories, period, my earliest memories, period, are of me uh, laying in a bed or a crib and hearing a bird outside of my window. And um, I was born in June. So in Chicago, that's still kind of, that's like the tail end of spring there. Um, earliest, that's my earliest memory, hearing a bird outside my bedroom, my bedroom window as a, as an infant. And I spent, uh, my whole childhood basically in nature to some degree. I had an aunt that had a farm, um, that we used to spend time at when I was a kid. And I spent, uh, a lot of my childhood hunting and fishing and camping up in Wisconsin. Uh, my, I have a brother that still that has property up there today, and I see him on a regular basis, and we still fish and hunt together. Uh, we love it up there. Uh, love the Upper Peninsula, of Michigan, uh, Montana area. Uh, Brandon introduced that to me a number of years ago, and it's a it's a place that I just absolutely love. And Alaska is a, p- a place that's close to my heart. It's one place I haven't been, but it's actually a place that I want to go. So I have, and and all of these all of these places that I'm mentioning to you, I'm mentioning to you because of the nature of them, right? I love Canada, um, Africa, that just just the the nature idea of these places. That and that's kind of the important message that I'm bringing across today. So. As I began to study and wake up myself in in life, I used nature as kind of a foundational truth to reflect back on as I was asking myself questions like, what's true about life? Why are we here? What are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What's, is it true that we have a purpose? Do I have a destiny? Is it fate? Do we actually have a choice? Is there free will? Like all kinds of questions that the average person asks as they as they they go through life, and I would I would hear all different kinds of answers until I got myself on a real solid course of study that I actually trusted. Um, I was I was very heavily going to myself. Okay, I don't think that we would be created so radically different than the nature around us that we, that we wouldn't, that, because if we were, we'd be independent of it. Right. And we're, and we, we're not, that's obvious. We're not, we're interconnected with it. And it speaks to us. It, it touches the hearts and the souls of, of most people that allow it in. And it's profound, but it's, while I understand from a scientific perspective that there that, that that it's a complicated uh, mass of different systems. In the way that I see it, it's very simplistic in nature, and that it knows what it's supposed to do, and it does it, and it does it to the greatest magnificence of of what it is. So when I look at human beings, my very first contradiction that I was experiencing internally with with life was that life was hard for people. Um, that's what I experienced as a child. It, it was hard for us as a child. And my the way that I was taking it in in the world around me, it was hard, you know, through television and stories and studying history and all that. 
And it, it really left me with this question, like, are we just not, are we just missing something? Like, is there something we're missing here? Where is the harmony of human beings with life itself? And then, of course, I studied for a long period of time. And I always would come back to the idea, do we see this in nature when I would have a question? And one of the questions came about, is success really supposed to be difficult? Or did we buy into a false message that people have bought into for thousands of years? Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say where I think that it came from because I'm not sure where the message came from. You can tie it back biblically. biblically. You can tie it back to a lot of different societies, past societies. Um, and it's definitely a message that is that we've created into an ethic that called hard work. Like we're supposed to work really hard. And when you hear people talk about their success, one of the things that they will often talk about is how hard they worked for their success. And if you pay close attention to that, you see that they talk about it in a way of a justification. Uh, like I'm worthy of this success because I worked so damn hard in order to get it. It's almost like I can't say that, that my success came easy because that sounds cheap and it sounds arrogant and it sounds special uh, and it sounds judgmental with other people. Like there, you think about if you were to say that, if you were to hear somebody who's really successful actually hear that, what does it call up inside of yourself emotionally? Um, and I think that that's a fascinating, that's a fascinating idea. But the truth is, is that when we look at nature, if we look at nature as a truth, we see that there is an amazing flow to it and that there's a perfection in nature. The idea behind life itself has to be the forward movement of life. And it couldn't be that difficult or life would, would, would cease to exist. It would eradicate itself. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that there's not things that are hard. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I think that we've bought into an idea that life and the success that we want to have in our life is much harder than we actually think that it is. And I think that that actually begins to change if we understand a little bit about what we're following in life and what to follow and how do we get to understand the truth inside of ourselves? And then what do we want to accept as a truth for ourselves? Because we can, we, we unconsciously accept beliefs that are passed down from other people without ever actually questioning whether or not they're true. And I've been questioning this one about success being hard probably for 30 years now. Uh, if not, if not longer. And I'm, I'm convinced in my own experience and with the, with the companies and the businesses that I've helped grow over the years, that success itself is not hard at all. Um, success is about doing things in a very, in a certain way. And when you do those things in a certain way, those things are based on cause and effect and the effects of the things that you do are exact. They're guaranteed. They will show up. Um, there's no, there's no luck about it. There's no chance about it. it. It will happen. I think the difficulty comes from a person being able to find themselves, uh, in or before that journey occurs in their life. So they have a sense of foundation of where they're coming from, like a sense of self 
that is an internal compass that really points them in the right direction. And of course, this was one of the questions that I asked about the difference between mankind and, uh, and animals themselves, which is, it seems like every form of life that's on the planet that we're aware of has some internal compass that points the direction that it's supposed to go in life. It doesn't question what it is. It just does what it's here to do. Human beings question what they are. And I'm not saying that the questioning is a bad thing. But because we can ask the question, it also means that we're susceptible to answers that aren't true. And if we're susceptible to answers that aren't true, and one generation of people begin to believe in an answer that's not true, no matter where it comes from, if they start passing that information down as truth to subsequent generations— those generations are going to believe it because for the first seven years of life, kids aren't questioning too much about what they're told and what their experience is. It's just drilled into them over and over again. And as their consciousness develops past seven, they see with the information of what everything is and the meaning that it has because of what they were given as a child. So we start off with... Uh, we kind of live a life based on what we were told to do. And you're born, you go to school, you may have some variation of that depending on where you live in the world and, and what your parents believed in. But generally, that's the idea. We go through a period of education and we have a modern education and then we have a familial education. We learn how to be in a family. We learn that dynamic, whether it's healthy dynamic or it's a dysfunctional dynamic. Um, we go to school, we learn the basics and read, write, arithmetic, that type of, of education. And then we begin to advance that a little bit more so that we can have productive skills that we take out into the world and we can be a productive member of society. Now, I think the average person at some, per, at some point asks themselves the question of what do they want to do? But if it's anything different than the education that they're being forced into, basically, right? And I don't, I don't use it that word in a negative term. It's just a reality. That's what it is. There's children really don't have a choice in the education that their parents put them in and the environment that they're in, right? Because the the parents, the teachers, the clergy, you know, counselors, whatever it is that they experience, those are all those are all people of authority over the child. So the, you know, uh, there might be a little bit of an illusion of choice there, but not in, not really in reality. So when does that kid start asking what it is that they want to do? And if, and if they, if they step outside of the bounds of the, the social norms of what they're being raised in, they're very quickly knocked back into what everybody believes is acceptable. So they either go, hey, you know what? I'm not buying into this. And they start to expand and look for something different. Or they shut down the internal desire inside of themselves, which is nothing more than a desire to expand. It's to be more, do more, and have more. It is what I believe is behind the growth of all life uh, in the universe. And they begin to follow that. And in the following of that, it leads them to the things that they either are in harmony with or they're, they're not in harmony with. So then it comes down to some really interesting questions. Um, 
I, I still believe the hardest question that any human being will ever ask themselves is, what do you want? What do you want? Because it's a question that may sound, it may have a surface appeal to it, but it's 10 miles deep, man, because when you start to ask that question, you have voices in your head that tell you what it's okay to want, what it's not okay to want. You may have values in your head to tell you it's what it's okay to want, what it's not okay to want. Um, you may have religious views about what it's okay to want, what it's not okay to want. And of course, then you struggle with, what do I really want? And can I allow myself to explore down that that that's that street, if you will, to see, hey, what's life about? What can I experience to understand more about what I want? So this is the, one of the first places, if we come at it from a conscious perspective, that it, we can get it shut off. Because if we say it's not okay to have what we want, we just go down to whatever life throws at us. And we become one of those people that's just following whatever life throws at us. Now, keep in mind, this could get shut off way earlier in school. If, if we just totally buy into everything everybody's telling us and we don't listen to any internal voice inside of ourselves at all, let's say we do, let's say we start, we start going, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to explore this a little bit. I'm going to see what's out there. I want to see what I want. And then we start to step out the next set of obstacles that we run into. If in fact we answer what we want and, and when I say what we want, keep in mind, it could be anything. Right, it could be as small as a pencil, it could be as big as a lifelong dream. It doesn't matter what it is. It's the fact that you answer it and give yourself permission to acknowledge the desire that's in your heart. But the next obstacles begin to show up in form, or I, what I like to say is the perception of form, which is time and money, um, and what is our ability to be able to do the thing that we want. So it's interesting because as I was growing up as a kid, I remember going through the phase where you're like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. Or the one time I wanted to be a marine biologist. And one time I wanted to be a drummer. One time I wanted to be a guitar player. And one time I wanted to be a scientist. One time I wanted to be a truck driver. One time I wanted to be a, a hunting guide. Like I went through all these different phases in my life. And then as I would go through those phases, I learned, I started to learn over time who to share those ideas with and who not to share them with. Because I learned quickly that the people that were around me would always tell me the reasons why I couldn't do those things. And they never came out and said, David, you can't do that. They would say things like, oh, you'll have to go to school for a really long time. You don't really like school. Or... Uh, that costs a lot of money to be able to do that. You're going to have to come up with a lot of money if you want to do that. Um, you're going to have to know the right people to be able to do that. You know, there was always these external circumstances and situations that were presented to me with the air that we can't come overcome those things. So you better find something else to do. And because I was not, I was not an eager academic student. Uh, when I was in school, school was always presented to me as something that I wouldn't like to do because they saw me not like to do it. And nobody ever really addressed that from any kind of a, a perspective that there might be something wrong there. Like either I might be, I might be 
learning the wrong things or learning in the wrong way or not understanding how to study or not understanding the way my mind worked within the educational system and somebody showing me how to overcome the challenges I was having as a child. Because I'll tell you what, once once I became an adult and I became interested in something, I've been a voracious student ever since. I've read thousands of books. I've been to all kinds of seminars and lectures and documentaries I've watched. Like I just learn constantly. So that desire was there when I was a kid. It just wasn't being presented in a way that I was in harmony with. Anyway, onward with this. So that so there's so there's the idea of do I have the ability? And then that comes down to what's the environment that you're raised in, right? Napoleon Hill points out that uh, within every one of us, within the within the seed of our makeup is there's this amazing genius of possibility that lies in every person. If you begin to study human potential, you find out that there's nobody that can put a cap or a boundary on human potential. Nobody can tell us what we're capable of doing. And I firmly believe through many years of study in teaching people that If a person has a desire to do something, they have the ability to do it. It may not be fully formed. They may have to practice and have commitment and, you know, to take time to learn things, but they absolutely can do that. And then the next, the next obstacle that we have to get past, and this is where I think I see um, anybody that starts down this journey, this is where I see them really get hung up and stop. So there's several places where a person will come up against an obstacle and turn around um, probably the biggest one is that they don't accept the idea of doing something different with their life early on, but then a few people move forward from there and then they hit another obstacle and then a few people move forward and they hit another obstacle. But this next big one is time and money and time and money, as far as an obstacle goes, uh, is a complete illusion. Everybody has the same amount of time and everybody has the same amount of money. And it's probably, I mean, people will, they will go along with me on the time thing because they know for a fact that everybody's operating within the same 24 hours a day. They just don't know how to maximize theirs. But I get real crazy looks when I tell the people that everybody has the same amount of money. And the reason is, is that the money, money is a resource that comes from the universe like any other resource. And we whether we have it or not in our life is based on a skill set. It's not based on chance or luck or ability or anything like that. Money is extremely easy to bring into one's life once somebody actually understands how to do it. But the lack of money and growing up generationally with people that don't understand money or people that trade their life for money, they'll think you're absolutely crazy around that. And on top of it, there, there's probably 72 to 75 very common negative beliefs that most people have that they hear growing up around money that all indicate the same thing, that it's hard, that it's wrong, that it's not for you, and that you shouldn't have it. And those create extreme conflicts inside the person who has a desire to be wealthy because the truth is everybody has a desire to be wealthy to some degree because the desire to be wealthy is nothing more than a desire to have the means of the resources necessary to live a fully complete uh, and amazing life. That's all it is. I know people focus in like, I want to be a billionaire and have the jets and the yachts and all that stuff. That's something different, I think. 
I don't think that that's really the desire for money. I think that's a desire for self-esteem. It's a desire for recognition. It might be a desire for competition. I don't think that 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 really resembles money. That's something completely different. Um, Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong or right or anything like that. I'm just saying that it's different. But the desire to have money uh, really is the desire to be able to master resources so that we can move forward. Now, the flip side of that might be that there are people that live within the terror every every day on a daily basis. What are they going to do if they don't have any money? How are they going to feed their kids? How are they going to feed themselves? Will they be able to keep a roof over their heads? That's real. But the problem is, is that money doesn't solve that problem. The ability to bring money into their life solves that problem. Because the truth is the money's there whether, like people think, well, I got to have a job to make money or I have to to be an astute entrepreneur to make money. No, there's homeless people that are out there that make money every day. They put their coffee can out there, people give them money, they buy the things that they need and they're totally fine as far as the money part of it goes. So money's really a decision. Now, when a person has this as, as an obstacle in their life, time and money, what ends up happening is they rationalize their way around it and they think that they can't move forward. So they end up staying in the position that they're in. They accept it. And what we do is we end up rationalizing in our mind uh, the reasons why we can't actually do something. Um, so it's, it's so when you next time you think about rationalizing, think about I'm rationing lies to my own mind. Here's the truth. The truth is, is that everything that you need to become a massive success in what you truly want to be is already here and you already have the ability to do it. But we have these areas that we believe in that aren't true, but we still believe in them. And because we believe in them, we stop. Now, I've got a, um, uh, a program called the Elite Mind 90-Day Program. And in that program, one of the things that we do is we help people develop the correct mindset to build an extraordinary life for themselves. And we touch on many different things. We educate them on all the foundational beliefs that every successful person that is a success has and has to come to understand, believe, and be able to use in their life. So if you want to know more about that, go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash tem. 90. That's lifeisnowinc.com forward slash tem90. And you can take a look at it and see if it's something that you want to learn more about. But I'm going to wrap this up with here uh, with you. And I'm going to ask you to seriously think to yourself, what do you rationalize to your mind as being true? that are the actual reasons why you stop moving forward in your life. And I'll see you on the next Successful Mind podcast. That was uh, that was some really good information. I think the information that I just passed along, that you just listened to, which I which I really appreciate, is where I started in my thinking. Uh, that was that was honest. That was open. I don't know where you fall in and on where you're thinking about your success, um, but it's probably somewhere in there. So I hope you find it beneficial. We'll see you on the next successful mind podcast.
Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to learn more, go to lifeisnowinc.com. I'll see you next week.